Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lonnie, do you think recording podcasts is a satanic practice? I think pretty much everything is, eh? If I said the word poo, it definitely would be. But podcasts in general? It's surprising what isn't is not satanic, eh? Surprising that the things that one person doesn't like are satanic. Yes. <laughs> Hello there, this is I Only Like You and Movies. I promise this is the first time we record this episode. We haven't done many, many rehearsals. Oh, that would have we been didn't good. Re- yeah. We didn't rehearse that opening joke, opening <laughs> bit, over and over and over until we got it right. Now, my name's Lonnie, by the way. I'm here with Sine. How you doing, Sine? Hi, I'm well, thank you. I'm excited to talk about the show. What is this show, Sine? What a question. <laughs> um, so it's called The Rehearsal, you, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's called The Rehearsal, yeah. So Nathan Fielder is um, a genius and a madman. He mm-hmm. probably should be imprisoned in like a glass cell, but <laughs> also should be given all the money in the world to make whatever he wants. How do you even explain this? So it starts off as a way for people to rehearse like big life events or difficult like conversations or tough moments so that they can rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it and make sure it's perfect so that by the time they actually do the thing, they know how to handle it. And sometimes it's like you're thinking of doing this thing, give it a try first and see if you actually want to. But by the end of the season, it's like a commentary on child actors. It's like talking about connections we make as humans. Um, it's about weird people. Weird people, mm-hmm. slightly unhinged people who maybe need to go to therapy. Um, I think it's like the best show I've ever watched and yet I'm still confused about what exactly it was. So to be clear, it's it's real. It's it's a, well, whatever real is. It's a documentary style show, but also a comedy. I was going to say it's not scripted, but it is very much scripted in some yes. parts. but. The situations presented are not scripted, in a sense. It's a bit like, what way I'm describing it, it's a bit like Borat, where you've got a character interacting with so-called real people, and they are real, but for the rehearsal, it's sometimes, you can really tell that Nathan has constructed the scenario so much. In fact, he's got actors who are acting, reading out his scripts and whatnot. Yeah. So you can't really get it until you watch it. And I think even then when you watch it, you have to be really watching it. Yeah. Oh, you can't have this on in the background. God, no. <laughs> no. I don't think it was... I think I think Nathan is playing Nathan. Nathan is playing the version of himself that is that is Nathan Fielder. I'm not convinced yes. that's how he actually is in real life. He's, well, he's playing the camera. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. He, there is... Yeah, this isn't exactly... He's putting putting on a show, isn't he? Yeah. 
the people involved aren't, except for the ones that he's making put on the show, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, and it, it's interesting to look at it through the, the lens of sort of like therapy or any anxiety, anxious world that we live in. People do get worried about situations and then, yeah, it'd be a dream if you could know instead of having to go through life and experiencing it and it can be quite frightening and go through scenarios that you can't prepare for. What if you did have an unlimited budget and you could prepare for it? Mm-hmm. That's a sort of premise that hooks you in, but you're totally right. Then it expands out to something way worse slash more interesting yeah. slash different. <laughs> I think the first episode, it's kind of a, it's almost two parts to this series, isn't it? There's the mm. first episode and then there's sort of the rest. Yeah. There's little, there's little, moments that sort of are similar to the first episode but it becomes more about his rehearsal which we'll get into in a second i think the best way to to sort of talk about this show is probably to go episode by episode sure so the first episode <laughs> well i think just first off please go watch it because you don't understand anything that we're going about to say unless no, you've you really won't. watched it but yeah let's talk about it let's talk it through so i i didn't know what that this was a real show like I didn't know whether it was documentary or scripted mm. um and I remember watching that first episode together and when it was revealed that he'd rehearsed the situation thousands of times I had a full body reaction where I was like what is this show what is happening this is insane is the guy there an actor how deep does this go what are we doing? So the first episode focused on Cor, who is in a trivia team. Mm-hmm. And he's in a trivia team with a woman that he probably likes. And he's lied to her in the past about having a master's degree. And he wants to tell her that that wasn't true. And so essentially Nathan constructs an exact replica of the bar down to paint color and glasses used and runs through every different scenario that that interaction could go to prepare core for when he has to say it. And I think the first hint of what this show is trying to do comes at the end of that episode, Lonnie, when he, what's the big reveal in the first episode now? I forget. Oh, the trivia. Oh my God. <laughs> Days like these, I curse the Chinese for inventing gunpowder. Yeah, so it's it's funny. It's much like Nathan for you, which we've been watching yeah. now, sort of almost a spiritual successor mm-hmm. to that. Nathan sort of twists logic, which is his character, and he sort of makes people go along with it with whatever twisted craziness he's got going, which kind of makes sense if you squint and look at it sideways. But his thinking here is that It'd be best to tell for the reveal of about the fake master's degree to happen during a trivia match because they'll be relaxed and they can keep going with trivia afterwards and it just sort of be like, oh, by the way, sorry about this, and then keep going. Mm-hmm. But then he realizes that so that kind of makes sense, but also maybe you could just text her or just talk to her. Oh, there's also, some, yeah. is she is she going to care that much? Like, let's face it. But that's the, that's the whole point. It's the whole yeah sort of humor is that it's not rehearsing something that important. Mm-hmm. That's why it's funny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the idea is that he's worried that 
call will then be too obsessed with winning trivia, and so he won't be able to go through with the big reveal mm-hmm. of his of his lie. And so Nathan weasels his way into finding the trivia answers for that night, and then sort of incepts them into his brain. Yes. <laughs> but then he realizes at the end, well, Cora's so obsessed with trivia and winning that I've got to come clean because then you know I'm lying as much as yes. he's been lying. Then he rehearses doing that with an actor who's been playing core, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, he doesn't go through with it. Well, we never so see just him. As bad. Yeah, we never see him actually apologize to core. So, the... well, and that's funny because he's like the mastermind of this, and he's mm-hmm. making core do this really for core. What is an actual really hard thing to do, mm-hmm. but they won't go through it with himself. And that's but he's in charge, so he I can know, do it. I know, and that's mm. where my favorite word, metatextual, comes into play with this because. The editing is a way of telling this story. Like Nathan is choosing what's being included in this show. Mm -hmm. And to not include that is, I just think it's a really interesting choice as a Mm -hmm. showrunner. Like, what is he trying to say there? You know, just trying to say that we're all the same. Well, yeah, that episode ends quite mysteriously and quite slyly you might say mm. with the uh, Willy Wonka music yes and he's been just been um world of pure imagination right exactly so he's been described as a Willy Wonka and that's it he's the he's the mastermind pulling all the strings here mm-hmm. but that's it like every reality quasi reality show does this they'll manipulate people yes they, on the bachelor like they, they make everyone drink until they and then make them fight each other. Yeah. So Nathan's doing the exact same stuff those shows do, but he's kind of telling us, hey, I'm doing this. Yeah. And making you not be able to pretend it's all real, which is interesting. Yes. It's an interesting deconstruction of reality TV, that's for sure. So shall we dive into episode two, which is yeah, sort that's, of that's... where it starts, right? Mm. So Nathan meets Angela, who is deciding whether or not to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And essentially, <laughs> they use child actors who, due to like labor laws, can't work f- over a particular time period. So he literally switches them out with robot babies. Yeah. Is that right? At nighttime? No, there are repeated babies through the day, and then there's a robot baby at nighttime. Yes. Yeah. You have to get up and feed it and whatever. And <laughs> he's got someone who is simulating the, the cries of a real baby. At yes. Time. The man is obsessed with um, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah. Some good points raised. <laughs> and also he fell asleep. And also he fell asleep, even though he was specifically hired for the reason that he doesn't fall asleep. Because he was a night owl, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I think, like, Nathan for you sort of blends into this quite naturally. Like, that mm. stuff and the way that, so Nathan finds Angela a partner, a real world partner to mm-hmm. be able to go through this simulation of parenthood with. And he mm-hmm. finds Robin, who I just don't understand. After watching Nathan for you, how does he find these people? How does he find these people who are so willing to just admit that they drink their nephew's urine for health benefits? <laughs> how does he find people like Robin who – how do we even explain Robin? So Robin is – fundamentally christian really into like signs and meaning 
and yeah, numerology and I think is yeah like you take the date and if you add these two numbers and then subtract this that means this and that's Satan's number so therefore what you're doing right now today is satanic it's like what are you talking he's, he's not he's not right in the head <laughs> no he's not and that, just the way that he interviews him at first it reminded me a lot of Louis Theroux where mm. if you're just quiet and you don't respond the other person will fill the silence and often that is with the most insane, ridiculous, random stuff. And I can't believe people like do that when they're being filmed. Like just in general, it's weird to admit to certain <laughs> things. But there's a camera yeah. right there. <laughs> Why are you saying this stuff? What is happening? I know, and he was actually like at first I'll be like, oh, he's a bit kooky. He's like a, a regular mm -hmm. sort of person that Nathan can find. But then he started like arguing with his roommate and yeah. he kept going about how many accidents he'd been in and he'd been drinking and vaping and whatnot. And it felt a little bit like like dangerous. Yes. And also and I wonder if there was a sense that he felt he could open up to Nathan in a way that he couldn't to anyone else. Like it felt very intimate, mm. the things that he was disclosing. Oh, that, that's just America though, isn't it? I think everyone in America, you put a camera on them, like I'll be famous. I'll say whatever <laughs> you want me to say. Hey, maybe. they're always ready aren't they <laughs> um and also you know the other thing is that he's there with one reason in mind with angela he doesn't want to do yes. the experiment he doesn't want to pretend to be a husband and look after a baby but he says all the right things doesn't he mm. goes along with it as much as he can and then he's like oh no i just wanted to uh just wanted to sleep with mm. you that was sort mm -hmm. of my goal yeah and then he you know can't believe that that twist when he, he comes over mm -hmm. he spends like what, an hour or two oh like yeah the baby's crying and has to leave straight away it's like i can't do <laughs> so this so immediately sad. i can't do this <laughs> but then that like he could be his own show robin he really could be yeah but episode three is sort of where it all starts right and the mm. big thing that happens to make the next show bit of, bits of the show work Nathan inserts himself into the rehearsal. So he mm. casts himself as Angela's husband, as the dad, to simulate parenthood. Yeah, I'm not sure about this, hey. It's a bit, the power dynamic is a bit off there, isn't it? Totally off. Totally off. And I remember Angela, once she leaves the show, posted a video online and said that she realized that it became Nathan's rehearsal more than mm. hers and I wonder whether that was intentional like did he think of it from a showrunner's perspective of this will be more interesting if I'm involved did he get carried away with it did he genuinely want to see what it was like to be a dad was he just trying well, to make entertaining television well I think they were open to whatever happened would occur yeah and so I think they I don't know if they sat down on day one of planning the show and be like, okay, episode four, I'll be there mm. in this experiment. I think they were just sort of open to what could happen. They were yes-anding the show is what you're saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. And I think potentially COVID obviously has an impact on all this. I think it, yeah. from what we can tell, the core stuff was filmed in like 2019 or early 2020. And then the rest of it sort of has happened during COVID times. So mm. that might have impacted how much they could travel and where they could film and what sort of other rehearsals they could do. Because um, from episode one, you're like, oh, okay, so each week you'll find someone else new and do a cool rehearsal with them. That's, that's kind of an interesting show. 
does a little bit, but then it sort of becomes more of the rehearsal in the Oregon farmhouse with Angela. Yeah. I wonder if, if that was just like they'd started Angela's rehearsal and then COVID and everything happened. So it's like, all right, well, it's maybe not working out how we thought, but maybe we should just see where we, where we go with this. And it's not not uninteresting. It's very interesting what happened mm-hmm. to the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But it is a bit like, I'm not sure she ever signed up for this and also you're the boss of this whole show, the writer-director star, and now you're sort of dictating her experiment as well. Yeah. You know? Felt it, and especially given the fact that it's, you know, a fake relationship and a baby's involved, it's kind of... But interesting still, too. And I think, you think you tell you right, he got carried away with it, yeah. but in an interesting way. Yeah. Well, season three is sort of the last sidestep to a scenario that's outside the parenting one where mm-hmm. he meets Patrick, who, for some reason, his grandfather died and said that he couldn't get any of the money in the will if he dated a gold digger. And Do you reckon that was in the will, that actual term? I don't know. I see, I just don't know. Well, yeah, that's true. Like, how would you ever? Anyway, and so what Nathan does, and this is why you need to watch the show several times to understand everything, and I definitely have missed so many things. He makes him literally dig for gold. (laughs) Dig for gold with his friends. Oh, no, he gets an actor, right? An actor to play... Patrick's brother. playing the brother and then they concoct a situation where the oh my God. in quote unquote real life the, the brother, the actor brother, <laughs> needs help mm-hmm. with his own grandfather and their grandfather is digging has found his old treasure map for the gods. And it again sounds like, ridiculous. But as it plays out, it, it kinda makes sense. Yes. And also, I know the camera's there and you're trying to do the right thing for the show you've signed up to do, so of course you go along with it. And that's pretty much what Nathan does for everything yes. we've seen of him, right? Is yeah. just put someone in an awkward situation and then put a camera on them and sort of make them go along with it until they kind of forced to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy starts digging the gold and he's sort of, I think, can be very cathartic. And as it turns out, it is very cathartic for this yes, guy, isn't it? Because the end is he doesn't want to go through with the repressal anymore. He says he's going to meet Nathan at a fair and never turns up. But he had the emotional breakthrough. He already had during it. the rehearsal. Yes, he told he said everything, and he, he felt the emotions. Yeah, so he didn't need it anymore. Oh, this yeah. show is insanity. So that was there in that episode, and then the next episode, it sort of is thrown to the fore about like some of these crazy acting methods, mm-hmm. which you know a bit more about than I do. Just and some of those flashbacks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some of those acting methods that have been co-opted by like the Scientology movement mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. where it's like breaking your own emotions down to the point where you know you're in them or outside of them and yeah you're not acting anymore you're just being because you've tapped into your own emotions mm-hmm. and so that 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 was what was happening there that guy did so many rehearsals and, and spoke about his his life and his brother and to the point where it happened maybe he didn't need anymore to actually talk to his brother yeah I wonder if he did that I wonder if that ever happened See, this is, oh, I just got chills. Like, mm. we're seeing such a snippet into these real people's lives and we're never going to know mm. how it ends because it's it's beyond the show then. Like, it's not us. Mm. Indeed. We don't have a right to know whether or not that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So in the Field of Method, episode four, 
it's sort of the inverse of that style of acting and rehearsing and trained to be an actor where Nathan, the way his brain works or the way his character's brain works, it's not about finding your own emotions and then tapping into that to play a character. It's about finding someone else, stalking them yeah. and taking on all their, <laughs> their life it's, essentially. It's replicating and, someone exactly. Until you're them. Yes. yes, until you're them. And this show is probably the first where you're kind of like, is this ethical? <laughs> Like, should Nathan be doing this? Because this goes down so many levels where he meets an actor named Thomas and then he keeps rehearsing but through different levels. So he'll rehearse something with Thomas, then he'll rehearse something with an actor that's playing Thomas, then he'll hire someone to be him to rehearse with Thomas. And it just goes deep and deep and deep until eventually he's living in Thomas's house, not telling him, because secretly he's trying to do the same thing to Thomas. Yeah. It's just so bizarre. So bizarre. There is an interesting element of that where he's, on day one, he delivers the the class as the teacher. And then he's like, was I any good? And so the next day he (laughs) gets that class. Yeah. He gets to be a student in his own class. I think that's funny. Like that's something I think a lot of teachers and lecturers would like to do. Even just, I guess, any workplace, it'd be fun to you to go through a day as you and then go through the next day experiencing it from someone else's perspective to mm-hmm. work out, was I annoying? Did I say the wrong thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, at the same time, in this episode, he's, his teenage brother, his, sorry, his teenage son is around. And I say son. Inverted commas, son. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we're going through, I guess, a sped up version of, parenthood they even Mm. have mirrors installed in the house that like age you if you look in them so to try and keep the simulation going and this is the one where they have a really intense time right where they have difficulties parenting and then the overdose gets simulated yeah because nathan is like i'm not around anymore so i'm an absentee father wouldn't that impact on the kid let's rehearse that Mm -hmm. and the act is actually pretty good (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's great. 15-year-old. But then Nathan is, well, that's that's when the show sort of twists again on itself, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Nathan's like, I want to go back and restart this. We do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is where I think people need to understand, and I think think most of us who are with it got it, but some people haven't, and that's okay. It's not a real experiment. No. This hasn't got ethics approval. There's no university involved. There's... There's no psychologist on set from what I can see. No, we'll get Nathan to that. Nathan making up as he goes along. Mm-hmm. It's it's his experiment. And so if he wants to change it, he does. Yes. And it's kind of whatever he says goes. Yes. It's just, it's like saying The Bachelor is a is an experiment of finding love. It's not really, is it? Let's face it. No, it's not. <laughs> But it is interesting, again, for him to highlight the fact that he is just changing things at will, unlike other reality TV shows which which pretend that they are real. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Next episode. <laughs> Please. I think we have the biggest milkshake duck, or the fastest milkshake duck perhaps that's ever occurred. So... <laughs> Angela and Nathan have a bit of a clash because Angela is fundamental Christian and Nathan is Jewish. And he says that, you know, expresses that if he had a child, he would like his child to know about the Jewish faith, understand the Mm -hmm. um, rituals around it and what that means. And Angela is very steadfast and is like, no, I will not have that in my house because there is only one God. And this is a really sort of um, not existential. I guess this episode is quite heavy because it's talking about religious beliefs. And also we get really deep into some weird diehard Christian beliefs, um, which we Mm. referenced in the beginning where um, the kid who's involved at this age, who's playing the son, Adam, pretends to be Dr. Fart and then gives (laughs) Nathan (laughs) some poo to eat. And Angela just cannot handle that because she says that anything about feces mm. is a satanic practice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Nathan decides to take Adam to secret Jewish lessons, essentially, with this lovely lady yeah. who we think is so lovely and we love her so much. And she's like, no, you should be allowed to have your faith. And we're like, yes, lady, he should be allowed to have his faith. It's not just what Angela wants. It's correct. And then at the end, it's just, oh, okay. I see what you've done there. You've made us side with her. Perhaps they knew all along that she was like that. And they just constructed that episode in a way to have that revealed to us that well, she is staunchly against um, Palestine. Well, against the fundamental Christian. Yes, I guess so, yeah. I think it's the mum who actually has the anti-Palestine rant over the credits. In that episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's for sure what happened here because, like, let's face it, it was supposed to be Angela's rehearsal. Mm. And so if she wants to raise her kid as a Christian, then that's totally fine. That shouldn't happen. And then Nathan inserts himself and then he's like, oh, by the way, we're not going to do what you say. We're going to do what I say secretly. Yeah. But that's just there to annoy her and to create drama. Yes, yes it is. He's creating fireworks here. And they, they found that Jewish teacher, I'm sure, to do this. Mm-hmm. He constructs a situation and lets it play out. Yeah. That's what he does. And at the end of this episode, huge plot twist, Angela decides to quit the rehearsal and leave. Yeah, and so, well, before that, there's an even bigger reveal that we've mm-hmm. got a fake Angela in the house. Who, who Nathan is, is perfect, firstly, <laughs> at her impression. <laughs> It really does make you appreciate actors, doesn't it, this, this it does. series? yeah. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, and, and she's amazing, and, and she basically says all the things that you have to think people are saying and thinking about Nathan. Yes. Um, but even even Angela gets through some pretty good 
some barbs, the real angel mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Nathan lies a lot. He has a trouble with lying. <laughs> it's true. He does. He does. I mean, he lets it in there, so he, he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is also that other other reveal that you know Angela has kind of been a bit peeved that her rehearsal has been um, superseded by Nathan's rehearsal, essentially. Yes. Turns out she wasn't even doing the rehearsal, really, so it's hard for her to no. really say we're not doing it properly when she wasn't even doing it herself. And that's the reveal, isn't it, that she wasn't committed mm. from the beginning. And as soon as she gets confronted by that, she says she's going to quit. So there's definitely something else that's gone on there that we're not privy to inside her head. Mm. Something that's happened that's made her not want to do it anymore. Yeah, so it's like she was acting for the cameras and doing all the right things when she needed to, but then outside of that, not. But also she's playing a part, isn't she? Well, is she? This is the question. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like the most interesting people aren't ones you can create. The people who... Yeah. I feel there, part of it, you know. So she goes, she leaves. And this is the sort of thing I saw on Reddit, which is quite interesting. If we extend the Willy Wonka uh, metaphor, Mm. every episode someone leaves. Yes. Just like uh, all the kids leave one by one in Willy Wonka. Yep. Hmm. So it's just Adam and Nathan. I say Adam, that's the fake kid's name. But who's the real kids? Okay, name? this episode, man. The most emotionally devastating episode of television ever. The episode that goes, is it ethical to ever have children act in anything? <laughs> I thought um, you to have children in general. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. Is there a child psychologist on set? Because it kind of didn't seem like mm. they were and they seem to have really actually fucked up a kid's life. Mm-hmm. So Remy, who played the aforementioned Dr. Fart... Um, (laughs) playing Adam when he was six, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. He keeps calling Nathan daddy even after they've finished filming. Mm. And his mother sort of explains that um, Remy doesn't have a dad. And so going through this really intense, immersive experience as a child actor has confused him a little because he thinks Nathan is actually his dad now. And Yeah, so did you think that was that he was actually confused or did he just like Nathan so much he wished he was his daddy? I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit mixed up. Yeah. I kind of got to the point where I think he was just like, I love this guy, we're having so much fun, I don't have a dad, it'd be nice if you were my dad. But it does get confusing because he's told on one hand, hey, you got to pretend now, but then, okay, ten times over. I think I think having it I think there is a difference between acting on a film set mm. that is just you playing a character. Yeah. And this, which is complete immersion. Yeah, fair enough. And I think that that would confuse a child. Mm. And this episode has the biggest twist of the whole show. And I sort of knew it was coming. I sort of knew it was coming and mm-hmm. I didn't have any way to stop it. So Nathan's <laughs> having this really deep conversation with Remy's mum and then all of a sudden says, I like your jumper, where did you get it from? And I think in that yeah. moment we're all like, mm-hmm. oh, he can't like stop himself because of course oh, no. he goes and he buys everything that she's wearing, rebuilds the house exactly as it is 
so that he can pretend to be Remy's mum explaining it to Remy so that he can check that Remy's going to be okay. So that he yeah, can so satisfy his own concerns that she's explaining it to her actual child. Well, up until that point, you're like, well, Nathan's realised he's done something wrong here. Yes. So maybe he'll call it quits and everything's over, experiment's over, we'll just be normal. But no, he's got to work out what went wrong. So he does a rehearsal on the rehearsal. He's It's like a compulsion almost. He can't even mm. stop it even if he wanted to, or at least that's... That's what he's choosing to sort of and tell that's us. That's kind of that's an interesting premise for the show. Is that mm. what if this character of Nathan can't can't stop but rehearsing? What for the bit where he goes into the house and he's like, "It was perfect. It was real." Because mm-hmm. like there's a battery left on the bench and the yes. room's messy. Yeah, it's like you, you can't create that because no. it's real. That's exactly. the whole point. <laughs> it doesn't have the feeling. Ah, oh, it's so, God. This is such a good show. Well, the other thing with with how. Yeah, the difference between real life and fake life is that he couldn't have he couldn't have created having such a rapport with Remy. No. That was just sort of the magic that happens when people have good chemistry together. But he tries to recreate it and says here on Wikipedia, different actors including Liam, who's the nine year old actor, who was a really good actor, but mm-hmm. quite clinical. Even yes. though he's nine years old, he's the one who tells Nathan you're a great scene partner. Oh my god! He's like, "Am I a good dad?" And he goes, "You're a great scene partner," which is just uh, the most brutal like rejection ever been caught on camera. Uh, and that that couldn't be scripted, surely that line. Surely, surely not. Anyway, so that doesn't quite work. He's like, "It's not working." Maybe he doesn't. He can't use an a uh, child. He has to use an adult actor dressed up. Mm-hmm. That's the most disturbing image, isn't it? Oh yeah, daddy and jumps on him, and they play around. And that juxtaposed with then the adult actor also like having a smoke at the back. <laughs> again, it's just like the quickest shot, but it just sort of blows your mind. Yeah, it? and again, that's the thing of like he's showing us particular things for a particular reason. Like you can't mm-hmm. ever separate what you're watching. I felt like you can't really lose yourself in the show because you have to keep pulling yourself back and going, oh, but this is. Mm. More so than other things. I don't know why. Perhaps it's that reason that you said that he's constantly reminding us that it's rehearsed. So we have to constantly remind ourselves that, oh, he's choosing yeah. what to include here. I think it's like you got to watch with your immersive brain, but also your analytical brain at the same time. Yes, which can be you quite exhausting. Be... Yeah, absolutely. It's also the mannequin involved as well, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> the mannequin is quite funny. Oh, wow. So then how does it end those scenarios? It's a really disturbing scene. Oh, God. It? That best ending to a show ever, maybe? Mm. So the whole thing is is that uh, Nathan's dressed up as Remy's mum, mm-hmm. Amber. He's wearing a wig. He's completely, like, in there. And then they're sort of playing around with um, Adam. Mm. And Nathan accidentally says... I'm your daddy instead of I'm your mummy. And the actor breaks character and goes, wait, you're supposed to be my mum. And then there's just a shot of Nathan's face, the 30-second mm-hmm. shot, where we realise that he's been, he's done it. He he was completely immersed. This whole show, the whole series was trying to lose yourself in this fake reality Mm-hmm. but never something's never quite right like it always needs tinkering with it. he's not happy with mm. it he needs to go back and do it again and again and again until it's perfect 
and then he realizes, oh, I've, I've done it now. But I've seen lots of people talking about that final shot. So they have this like cathartic moment and then they sort of zoom out to a wide shot and Nathan gets off the floor and his jeans are down and you can see his bum crack. <laughs> and at first you're like, that's funny. Oh. <laughs> and then at second, you're like, why did they include that shot? Like, surely yeah. they could have just cut that. And then third, you're like, aha, they've included the shot because it's still not perfect <laughs> because he still can't get it 100% perfect. Mm-hmm. But that's life, right? Exactly. Ah! I'm going to know, watch this show immediately <laughs> after we finish recording. I don't know where it was now, whether it was on another podcast I listened to. There's a prestige TV podcast. They spoke about this and kind of said the same things we've done. It's just, just watch it. It's hard to really describe. Mm-hmm. You have to experience it. I read some other, lots of other articles about it as well, but they talked about how there's that moment before Core in the first episode really he has to decide whether he's going to do it or not, reveal his secret or not. Yeah. And he just got his face and it's so excruciating. Ugh. But then it happens and then there is that catharsis because the person he tells is like, oh, yeah, sure, okay, it's a bit funny, but whatever. Shackley doesn't care, yeah. Yeah, and then, then in the next episode too, there is that cathartic moment where um, – the guy who actually reveals to his actor brother about how he's feeling and just and then there's also that moment at the end in the final episode where we see Nathan's face where he actually has got some catharsis from this yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. That that's a recurring element here, which I don't think you see in most reality TV shows. So I guess is the question then, is it all worth it? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think it's worth fucking up a kid for your own little, like, thought experiment. No. And also, I think, well, my main takeaway from the first episode is all that for just finally telling her. And she's like, oh, okay, moving on. Yeah, that's interesting because he builds it up and he's like, I'm worried she might get violent. I'm worried that the, you know, her reaction might not be good. She'd be very cranky with me. And I think he was thinking... She might, this might undermine her whole relationship and we might not be friends anymore. Well, I guess it's also revealed that he likes her more than a friend. Sure, and so sure. that's partly yeah. why he's worried about saying it because he's worried that he'll lose her forever. Mm. Um, and you're right. Maybe maybe it's talking about like we build these things up so much in our mind, like people with anxiety mm. especially. You just mm-hmm. keep ruminating, keep ruminating, going, what if I say this? What if I do this? What if someone does this? Blah, 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 blah. And it's sometimes, most of the time, generally okay. It's fine. Yeah. And I think as well, the rehearsals here, so like that's that's totally true that, yeah, it's, it's mostly going to be okay. And if it's not, well, most of the time you can move on and do something else with mm-hmm. your life. I'm not saying it's not things to be anxious about, but also most things you worry about, we, we sort of can find a solution through eventually. Yeah. So the next step is, well, what if you could get around that by doing rehearsal? But I think every episode kind of, basically tells us the rehearsal is hollow because you can't rehearse for these things because you're too worried about rehearsing and getting it perfect. Well, you're not actually going to experience life. Mm -hmm. So let's pretend that, well, let's say that Angela was generally interested in finding out what having a child would be like. She did not get that from the show, did she? No, she didn't. Not at all. I guess it's interesting when you're talking about the kids, like the way that they would almost military precision swap out the real kid with the robot baby you know, have all these people come into rooms and fix things. They had, like, fake snow to simulate different seasons. They had people <laughs> planting already producing crops so that they could go down to their veggie garden and pick fruit or vegetables for that dinner. Mm. Like, 
it's it goes too far the other way. It goes too yeah. far to rehearsing it. Which know? is the joke. But Yes, it is the joke. <laughs> so yeah. So season two has been greenlit. Should it What what could it be? Should it be greenlit or should we just put Adam just in a little room? Sorry, not Adam, Nathan in a little room. Hi Nathan, yeah. nice to meet you. Don't say anything to me. Don't talk to me. Please just go sit over here so you can't harm anybody else. I know. Some of the, like, oh, he's making TV, so it's not, you know, and people were talking about it also being funny, but some tweets have been quite hilarious. Like, he's a Batman villain come to life. He had, yes. a, TV show, had a TV show. That one, like, he should win every award for this, but also go to jail. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. I'm just still, I still can't shake Remy and I'm still worried that he's mm. done some real damage there. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. And I, I think that is a genuine concern. I was reading some, I think it was like the, there's a Reddit for this and some other commentary around it. There was someone who's like, oh, I was a child actor and I did get quite attached to the people who were playing my parents in this television show. But I did know it wasn't real. And then, you know, after a few, after being off the show, I moved on my life, so that's that's good, I guess. Well, that's what his mum some... says. His mum's like, he's going to be okay. Yeah. I know he's going to be yeah, okay. Yeah, and that, that was good. And I think some the mum got a bit of criticism, but I think what she signed up for was probably not what actually happened. Let's, let's face it. Yeah. Uh, she was signing up for probably just, you know, a fun experience and then not realising how it would end up. And I think he, at least he had a good mum and family around him, so I think he's going to be great. And the other thing I read is that this person talking about how their mum was like a preschool teacher mm-hmm. and every year all the kids would fall in love with her and you think, and, she, and he would get jealous, I think, because you know, his mum has all the other kids that are also you know, taking her as a mum. Yeah. But then, you know, sometimes you'd see the kid a few years later, you know, out in the community and they've, they've kind of half forgotten her anyway. That's maybe not quite the same here given that the experience of being on TV and whatever that Remy was going through, as you said, was quite immersive. But, you know, kids are quite resilient too, so I, I choose to believe that he'll be okay. You seem sceptical. I, I just don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the fact that he was doesn't have a dad and he's got a pretend dad is, is fraught with danger, isn't it? was it? perhaps a bit too close to home, hmm. that role. But it made great TV, so that's good. Thanks, Remy, for that. Thanks, Remy. <laughs> Uh, what we've done since watching this show is, of course, read all the articles and podcasts and whatnot. Um, so we'll try and find some of those links and, and put them in our show notes. Mm-hmm. The other thing we've done, though, is go back to Nathan For You, a show I'd heard about but hadn't actually watched until now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good too, isn't it, Sunday? It's good. So the premise of it is, again, Nathan's playing a version of himself where He's gone to business school and so he finds these struggling businesses and comes up with the most ridiculous comical way for them to make money, essentially, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. including um, like selling urine TVs for $1 and then getting the local Best Buy to price match that. Um, And then you can get unlimited TVs for you for cheaper. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Just hilarious, ridiculous things. Some of them push the envelope a little bit. You're like, Nathan probably don't do that like that's probably not a good thing to do but it is very funny to watch yeah and we've we've noticed a few moments within nathan for you where you can see the seeds of this show and of mm. course you can see the comparisons but one episode where he constructs a uh, play within a bar but the play is just a recreation of a previous night in the bar yep that was very 
Um, Red flag, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this show is kind of that times times a million. Yeah. Um, especially in that episode where he's with the actor and he he's directing her into play and he gets her to say "I love you" over and over and over. Say it again. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> interesting so, guy. Interesting brain. Not like anything yeah. else I've ever seen before. Yeah. It's not a straight comedy series. It's so much more than that. And you, you have to hope that after he puts these people through these awkward scenarios, he does like be like, oh, by the way, it's all a joke. You're good. Here's your I know. Money. I remember saying that. Like <laughs> he pulls them aside right at the end and he's like, okay, you know that wasn't real when I said that, right? You're not mad at me, are you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when they can turn off and these people are sort of immersive artists like this. Hey? Yeah. I just wonder how it would be to meet him in real life, like what he would be like, whether he would be like this at all or whether he'd be just completely normal. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. See, he's a sort of guy, like when he's doing his character on the show, he's acting. Yes. But you kind of think some of the things he said, if he said them with a twinkle in his eye, you'd know he's joking. But there's no twinkle, is there? No. It's deadpan, completely flat delivery. And that's what makes it so compelling. But in the room with him, with the camera in your face, you wouldn't know how to take it, would you? No. And he does this all. Another great trick he does is just restate what they say, what the person mm. says. So the urine one, he's like, you drink your nephew's urine. And there's something about hearing it stated back to them that makes people need to explain or need to say something else. And often that thing that they say is Mm -hmm. worse. It's like, just stop talking. Stop giving him ammunition. (laughs) Yeah. He just says, oh, okay. And then. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How does he find them? Like whoever cast these shows, well done. Hats off to you. I don't know how you found these people. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway and the thing that you just, you'll just you be screaming, waking up in the night saying this to yourself is like, where does he find these people? Do they exist? These are They're real people us. who exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you kind of terrified. Kind of amazing though too, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Well, that's life. Is that our big takeaway? <laughs> <laughs> Remember thinking a little bit, little bit different, a little bit similar. Um, don't know if you ever know, Ricky Gervais used to have a comedy show on the radio with Steve Merchant mm. and then later podcast and they would their producer was a guy called Carl Pilkington. Mm-hmm. I've probably shown you some stuff of Carl over oh, the yeah, years. Yeah, but he yeah. also he's just an awkward sort of yes. strange person as well. And they would get so many people saying all the time, it's like, We know you've created him, we know he's actually called Frank or something and you just put him on your show. Oh really? They didn't and think that, it was real? No, they never thought he was real. Lots of people would think this. And they would say, If we could create someone like this <laughs> Why we put him on a radio show that no one listens to and then a podcast <laughs> we don't make any money off? Said, if we created this guy, he'd be on our in our films and our TV shows and everything. So it's like Robin in this show. It's like, how could you create someone like that? You couldn't. You, you can't. Couldn't. They just exist. Yeah. Well, that's it. Real life is way stranger, isn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What okay. a show. Is there, any sort of, is there any sort of rating you can give this show, Sine? Is it? Both negative a thousand and positive a thousand like it's wonderful but Mm. also terrible and terrifying and probably Mm. damaging but also incredibly funny and astute and insightful and we'll be there in episode one next year when it comes out oh yeah two first day it drops i think that's another thing we we had to sort of like stop ourselves from binging this because we just needed to consume it all yeah i need to rewatch it 
the, this is the thing. There's going to be so many things I'm going to pick up on a second rewatch that I'll be like, mm. oh my God, how did I not know? I should say, we talked about how weird it is and how potentially disturbing some elements are. Mm. It's very funny throughout. Oh, it's hilarious. And like, that's, I think, <laughs> it, it, it. every time there's something weird, there's something funny as well. So you can kind of, you know, goes down better. But yeah. Hilarious. Do you think it's. it's a bit cruel that sometimes the butt of the joke is the real people themselves or do you think that that's just the heart of the show is showing the weirdness in everyday people yeah well that's it does he is he denigrating or is he celebrating these people like when angela talks about Pooh being satanic that's hilarious because we all know that it's not right that's the Mm. wink to the audience that like she's off in fairyland thinking that Mm. Mm. but on the other hand it's like well if she wants to think that, does she deserve to That's be a genuine, ridiculed yeah. for that? But then it's like, mm-hmm. no, she does because it's a weird thought. I don't know. Like, I don't think th- I don't <laughs> think it's ethical to make this show. I don't think it's ethical to watch this show. I don't think it's ethical mm-hmm. to be involved in this show. And yet... Well, in, in, indeed, the, the Robin guy doesn't seem well, does he? So No. And then we're just pointing and laughing at him. I know, mm. but mm. is he is Nathan positioning us in that situation so that we have that thought and realize that that's not okay, or is he actually yeah, making fun of him? If he's if he's genuinely showing the guy as he is, is it our fault him. that we're laughing at him? Not necessarily Nathan's fault for including him. Do you know what I mean? Good question. You should write your thesis on that. <sighs> There's too many thoughts. Too many thoughts, Tab. Okay. <laughs> One of the best shows of the year, though, yeah. I guess five stars just for the experience. Yeah. Five stars yeah. for sure. Um, down here in Australia, it's on binge. It's other programs, other places. Um, oh boy, please watch it. Well, let us know what you think. Yeah. Then, but before you do, rehearse that before you tell us. Rehearse, yeah. Rehearse the conversation. Rehearse the tweet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Get some feedback from other people. How that mm-hmm. went. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, we're on Twitter. We are. You can catch touch with us there. Um, you can always email us as well, or just you know, generally just find us on the street, have a chat to us. That'd be good. Probably don't uh, stalk we've... us though to find where we are on the street. That'd be weird. <laughs> we've got a huge back catalogue, so you can uh, get amongst that. Nothing quite like this show on there though. I'll tell you what. No, that's for sure. Mm. Okay, so did we get a good rehearsal tonight? Reckon we can do it for free yep. now. Let's re-record now. I'll stop it. Okay. Now. Good. Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll see you next time. Goodbye. So next time, maybe just say the goodbye just a little bit stronger, I think, next time. All right, ready? Okay. One, two, three. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.